everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Friday. It is July 24th. It's 2020, and we have 11 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. The two-game slate is out of the way. Um, Kershaw getting scratched, Juan Soto um, getting covid um, just a crazy two game slate to get us kicked off, um, for these, for these crazy times already. So, uh, definitely excited for an 11 game slate here and, um, you know, back breaking it down here on the morning grind. I'm joined by my good buddy, Will Chief Justice 06. It's been a long time, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, buddy, I'm doing great. Uh, MLB is back. Uh, I probably got a little bit too excited for a two gamer. Did not care. Um, listen, I've been grinding KBO at 5.30 a.m. I've learned a lot of the names, learned a lot of the pitchers. Uh, man, it's, it's, I'm just I'm glad to have some MLB and see if we can get some normalcy back in the schedule. But, man, I, I'm pumped to be here. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting, you know, roughly 60-game season or so. Uh, I think we may see some interesting teams sneak in this year just from a, you know, top-down perspective and, I'm I'm excited, man. I think this could be a really, really, really good year. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Um, shorter season. I talked about it yesterday. I really do think it's going to be. We're going to see a lot, like a lot of home runs and a lot of scoring. Um, you know, we we saw two home runs in the first inning of the the Washington and New York game. And like, what's crazy to me is. It was just so quiet. <laughs> like, um, that's going to take some getting used to. Like, it was just so quiet. And um, I can just imagine that it's going to take some getting used to for pitchers and for everybody. So um, definitely think we're just going to have to adjust on the fly as much as possible and um, just kind of be careful with uh, like how we approach pitchers on the slate. Pitchers, I think, are the biggest um, issue. So uh, I definitely think like that's something that we're just going to have to be cautious cautious with I, I don't think like well like an 11 game slate i don't see myself having 100 percent on anyone even if i only play like three teams so um you know for anybody that doesn't know i usually typically play three to 20 teams a night um mostly three entry and single entry stuff but um hey it, it's opening night technically like the real one with 11 games like there's no three teams on this slate no, no, not at all. I, I will be max entering uh, the Millie Maker double up for sure. There's no way this contest is going to fail on FanDuel. Thanks, FanDuel. Maybe that was your intention from the beginning. Um, I, I, I'm i going to have to max enter this contest. Maybe as the season goes on, you know, I'll get back to kind of, you know, playing the monster and, you know, running a couple in the home run and stuff like that. But, you know, the, these big prize pools out there that I've, feel pretty confidently that that aren't going to fill I'm loaded up man um I'm let's see we can we can come back next week a millionaire all right um so let's get started on the slates we got the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies squaring off here in Philadelphia um Sandy Alcantara against Aaron Nola um let's start with the pitchers like we usually do what's your thoughts here on Alcantara um believe it or not I don't I don't feel like Alcantara is that bad of a pitcher. Um, you know, if you kind of look at the numbers, you know, the, the XFIP was a little high last year. Uh, but overall, I feel like he's been, you know, kind of trending in the right direction. He's got two years uh, in the majors under his belt now um, in terms of, you know, playing with playing with the big club. So I don't, I don't hate him. Uh, I don't think I'm going to play him. Um, you know, like you said, with these pitchers, I guess we're kind of going to have to feel them out. I don't have my, you know, it's the beginning of the season, so I don't have as much data as I would like to have on him. Um, but overall, I, I don't feel like he's a guy I'm going to pick on. He, he really didn't give up crazy hard contact last season. I mean, at, at 34.6%. So I'm not, I'm not convinced he's going to get beat up too bad. Uh, you know, do I think he's going to give up some runs? Absolutely. I don't, I don't think any pitcher is going through unscathed per se, but he's not a guy that, that I think I want to uh, pick on per se in this slate and load up a stack. Now uh, keep in mind, I think any stack could be viable with the uncertainty, but for me personally, this isn't a, um, this isn't a spot I want to attack too much. 
Yeah, the thing is, too, like, Alcantara against, like, right-handed heavy teams in Miami, like, he's in play. Like, when you have a pitcher going into a very hitter-friendly ballpark in Philly and enough power lefties in this, you know, Philly lineup, like, massive splits when we're looking at Alcantara, like, home run numbers, hard contact numbers from lefty to righty, walk numbers, um... So, like, you want to really target him against right-handed heavy teams. And when he's pitching in Miami, that's not the case here. So, um, I don't have any interest in him either. You know, Aaron Nola, minus 180 here, big favorite um, facing Miami. Not the same Miami team as last year, but not much better. You know, they got Corey Dickerson. They got Jesus Aguilar, um, Jonathan VR. They have a few more bats in this lineup. But, Will, I'm still seeing – you know, six right-handed bats, um, you know, and when I see six right-handed bats going up against Aaron Nola, I don't care what ballpark. This is a guy, 26% K rate against righties last year, notoriously really good against righties throughout his career. The upside for Aaron Nola in this spot for me is definitely something to attack. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, if and even if you look at his overall K rate from last year, you know, you kind of mentioned it against righties. Even overall, I mean, he's still at 26.9%. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I like, you know, as well on this slate, I think, you know, in terms of, of the top tier guys, uh, I think we're going to kind of have to figure out how to manage them with the salary cap, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to jump ahead, but I mean, you know, DK, we got Verlander at 11-4, we've got Nola at 9.1K, and essentially they could go out and have an equal outing in terms of them, maybe, maybe most of the pitchers not being stretched out. So I, I really like Nola here against Miami. I, I think that's a fine call. Uh, I feel like I feel like he's uh, you know he's GPP worthy for sure. I think he could be right there with the best of them on this slate. Yeah, ninety one hundred. Um, you know the price tag as far as that goes, like he can definitely pay off his price. Um, we talked about it yesterday on the two game slate. Like it's early in the season, we're not going to see these guys go 110, 120 pitches. Um, you need these guys to be efficient, get strikeouts in five to six innings. Um, and, and he's definitely someone that I'm really looking at here. Um, let's talk bats. Um, you know, we'll start here with um, the Marlins. Um, anything really standing out to you here from Miami? Uh, I mean, you, listen, you know, I, I'm all about a little, a little Corey Dickerson every now and again. I think, you know, I think in terms of him, he might be a good player, maybe Jonathan VR. But overall, you know, I don't think these are guys that I want to target. They're not expensive, obviously. Um, you know, Corey Dickerson at 4,400. I don't consider that, uh, you know, too bad. And you've got VR at 4K. Um, you know, maybe if you're stacking this game, perhaps, you know, like if you play play the other side of it, maybe you squeeze in a VR or, or a Dickerson, you know, as a one-off or, you know, a, a little two man, but overall, I don't, I don't have any interest in the, uh, in the Marlins. Listen, I think Dickerson's very much in play. Um, when he's healthy, he hits right-handed pitching really well. Um, that's, that's no secret at this time. Like everyone knows that, um, you know, 274 ISO and 201 at bats last season against right-handed pitching. So like when he's healthy, he hits righties. Um, he has home run upside. This is a good ballpark for left-handed power. I like Dickerson lower strikeout rate last year too, under 20%. So um, like if I'm going to take anybody against Aaron Nola, it's probably going to be Corey Dickerson here. Um, On the other side of this game, the Philly side, like we have Bryce Harper, we got Jay Bruce. Um, It'd be interesting to see, I'm guessing DD will be in there. Um, You know, like McCutcheon's healthy. Like this is a, a healthy Phillies team to start the year here. Um, so, you know, definitely have some interest in some of these bats going up against Alcantara. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think I want to stack the Phillies on this slate. That's, that's just me. I, I'm probably going more two man only because I'm really going to try to hammer down my teams. I've got a couple other teams that I've got ranked ahead of them, but I mean, I think you got to look at these lefties, Harper, Bruce, Dee. Uh, I think that trio of, of bats there. I, I think those those are all fine plays. Um, you know, you know, I've I've kind of I've read a couple articles here this week, um, the lead up into you know the slate on Friday, and you know from everything I've been reading, people are expecting Bryce Harper to you know ha- have a much better year than last year, and so I'm going to buy into that. Harper is for sure one of the top plays on the slate for me in terms of one offs. 
Um, like I said, I won't be stacking the Phillies too much, but in terms of one-offs, Bryce Harper is at the top of my list. Yeah, like I don't hate a Philly stack. Um, they got left-handed power. This ballpark's great for left-handed power bats. Um, Alcantara strikeout rate goes down uh, against lefties, and we know, like I said, the I, the hard contact and everything goes goes up against lefties. So I think this is a good spot to look at these lefties. And if you're going to stack, like you throw Hoskins and Real Muto in there, or McCutcheon. McCutcheon had really good numbers against um, righties last year before he got hurt. So um, Jay Bruce healthy, man, like. He's not going to stay healthy all year, but I'll, I'll take it. Like right now, I'll, I'll take some shots on him. So, uh, moving on, we got Kansas City at Cleveland. Um, Danny Duffy against Shane Bieber. Um, any interest here in Danny Duffy? No. <laughs> Simple. First one of the season. <laughs> Simple and to the point. Um, you know, you look at like Danny Duffy's numbers from last year. You know, you'd expect him to have good numbers against lefties. Didn't have really good numbers against lefties. Really struggled against righties. Like, you won't see it in, like, the ERA numbers, but, like, you start digging into, like, the XFIP and stuff. Um, some regression was definitely to be had. You know, 1.5 home run per nine to righties last year. So, Duffy, a guy that doesn't get – induce, like, any soft contact, no. you definitely are looking at some of these bats, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. Um, Shane Bieber on the other side – Kansas City, like, again, very, very close to what we saw from this lineup last year. Um, it's really similar. A lot of speed, some power mixed in, but, like, not overall, like, an amazing, you know, team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, f for me, if I'm going to target anyone from, from this team, it's going to be guys with low K rates and guys that are going to get on base, you know, and that's usually my boy Alex Gordon. You know, he's a guy I usually play, uh, you know, and then Adalberto Mondesi, you know, his, his K rate's probably a little bit higher than you would prefer, but I don't hate it. But I'm just not going to be in the business of trying to attack uh, a Shane Beaver right out of the gate here. I, I don't expect him to be out there seven innings. I'm thinking, you know, five to six, but I still don't want to uh, spread my salary around too much with the Royals. So if anything, you know, Maybe Mondesi for a little bit upside, but overall, I'm not going to have any Royals, I don't think. Yeah, you know, as as far as, like, Bieber goes, I actually don't think he's the worst play in the world here. Um, you know, the upside is definitely there. You know, a 29% K rate against righties last season, 31% against lefties. Like, he's one of those guys that, like, you know, we talk about, like, guys that give up home runs or strike people out, and, like, he's that type of guy. Um, so... When you're looking at, you know, Shane Bieber, there's not a ton of power in this lineup. So, like, you have a little bit more interest in him and, in, in, you know, facing lineups like this. Um, as far as the Royals bats, like you were mentioning, you know, not a ton stands out to me here. Um, Solaire, always someone that, like, if you want to play a one-off that, you know, you want to chase a home run or two or three, um, Solaire is always that guy that like has amazing upside against any pitcher. Like this is a dude that had a 318 ISO against righties last season um, and hit 39 home runs against right-handed pitching. So like, if you want to play Solaire as a one-off, I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, but as far as like a full-on Kansas City stack, don't see myself doing it. Um, Solaire, we got to even make sure he's in the lineup. Um, he's supposed to play, so. You know, he was away with the team for a little bit, but oh, that doesn't um, mean anything. We no, had a two games slate, two people got pulled today. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome to the ML NBA. Yeah, right. Yeah, just get ready. Uh, gonna be a long year. Um, all right, so we got you know, Duffy facing Cleveland here. You know, obviously, there's some bats in this Cleveland lineup that we like against left handed pitching Jordan Luplo, Carlos Santana. Framil Reyes, um, Roberto Perez, you know, Jose Ramirez didn't have a great season against lefties last year, but 8% K rate, like he doesn't get like people don't strike him out. So looking at this lineup, like there's a juicy part of this lineup. Will like, and it's towards the bottom and it's towards the bottom. That's my kind know. of stack, <laughs> man. Look, if, uh, this is for my boy, Allen right here. If Oscar Mercado can come out, uh, uh, hitting bombs like he did for the Sims contest. Uh, look out. We're, we're, we're going to be printing some money. Cleveland was the stack for about 
a month straight, man. You just played those guys in the Sims. And look, this isn't Sims. This is real life now. But I'm with you, Stevie. I, I got all kinds of excited. I will have Cleveland stacked probably 20 to 30 different ways. This five through nine, dare I say four through nine, dare I say three through nine, dare I say one through nine. This lineup is potent top to bottom. Cesar Hernandez at the top that, that's probably not going to strike out much in this game. Jose Ramirez in the two-hole now is batting more in the, the uh, three or four-hole last year. I, li I like this team, man. At home, opening night for them. Like you said, it's going to be quiet. It's going to be different. But, man, a guy like Domingo Santana, can you imagine if he comes out of the gates as hot as he was, uh, for, uh, like when he was in Seattle a couple years ago, or maybe that was last year. Either way, uh, I like this five through nine, though, overall, man. This, this is, this is going to be a team out of the early games that I load up on, Stevie, which is why I wasn't as interested in the Phillies. Like I said, Bryce Harper went off for sure. Uh, maybe a little two or three man, but this Indians team, man, hopefully they don't let me down, but I will be stacking them every way that I can love this spot for them. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be looking at some Indians here. We got the Brewers and the Cubs, Brandon Woodruff against Kyle Hendricks. Um, any interest here in Brandon Woodruff's? Actually I do, man. I, I think, you know, if he can build up, you know, from what he had last season, He's 7,700 on DK. I, I've got tons of interest in, in, in a guy like Brandon Woodruff here. Like I said, had a really, really, really good season last year. Uh, and, and so they're looking for him to kind of be their ace. Um, I, I think this could be end up being a good spot for him, man. If you look at the numbers from last season, uh, 0.89 home run per nine. Ground ball rate at 44.6%. I mean, this is my kind of guy. Uh, 3.62 ERA, 3.36 xFIP. I mean, I think, I think these are good numbers, Stevie. Uh, you know, had a 29% K rate last season. 7,700, man, sign me up. I think, I, I think this is one of the best values on the day at pitcher, if I must say so myself. Yeah, like you know, obviously the strikeouts. Um, Chicago is a team like they're gonna they're gonna strike out a bunch, but um, they're also gonna hit. Uh, a lot of home runs too um so you know it's it's a boom bust spot and like when we're looking at a slate where we have so many tournaments and so many top heavy tournaments you know there's there's one of two ways to approach this slate as far as tournaments go you chase the top end and you go crazy or you play it if it overlays a lot just to make some money because like there is a good chance we're going to see overlay. And if you build kind of, I wouldn't say safer, but if you build quality teams, you're probably going to end up making money, but you probably won't end up winning the, the tournament if that makes sense. Um, so, um, you know, it's definitely one of those days you're going to have to find the balance on what you want to do. Do you want to go for it? Do you not want to go for it? Um, do you want to approach it as we haven't had sports in forever and let's just make some money today. So um, I think Woodruff is definitely in play. You know, when we're looking at Woba against right-handed batters, like he is the best on the slate of the 22 pitchers that we have. So, you know, we look at the power here, Chris Bryant, Baez, Contreras, um, David Boat, like a lot of power on the right-handed side of this plate. And this guy was very good, very effective against righties last season, gave up very few home runs. So um, for that reason, I definitely think he's in play um, as far as the other side of this game, Kyle Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks is going to go out and throw a quality start. That's what he does. He goes out and throws quality starts. He doesn't pitch, pitch deep into games. Um, you know, maybe we see a little bit different here with a DH than non DH. Um, you know, obviously I think that changes things when it comes to like the Cubs and stuff, but when you're looking at, like, Kyle Hendricks, he's going to go out and throw quality. He's going to go out and throw ground balls. Um, and, and he doesn't typically get shelled. Like, decent strikeout rates, not high hard contact rates. Um, I just I – I don't ever tend to play a guy like Hendricks. But it's not like this Brewers lineup is going to scare you outside of Yelich. Like, there's a lot of older guys. This is an older – like, 2015, this lineup is really scary. Yeah. Uh, losing some of the talent they did, man. Losing Grandal. Uh, you know, uh, God, who else did they lose? Uh, not, not, uh, 
Was it Travis Shaw? Yeah, Travis Shaw was there last year. They lost Shaw. There's I wasn't Mike losing Moustakis. much. Moustakis, sorry. That's what I was trying much. to get to Moustakis. <laughs> that, that's who it was, man. Moustakis being in Cincinnati, is a, he's going to haunt this team, I think, o- over the course of the season, especially in Cincinnati. Uh, but, but like you said, man, this team, not the worst team in the world, obviously, but nothing near, I think, the pop that, that we've seen them have. Even still, I still think Christian Yellich can get off here. I still think Justin Smoke uh, has a shot there. Outside of those guys, though, I'm, I'm not really interested in, in the Brewers. I, I, like you said, I'm just going to agree with that. I think Kyle Hendricks goes out, throws a quality start, and uh, he could still not get the win, but, but, I, but I definitely think he, he throws a quality start here. Uh, like you talked about, man, I mean, the K rate was at 20% last year, and that's about right around where he's been. Uh, career-wise, he's at 20.9%. You know, he's not going to walk a lot of guys, and a lot of balls are going to be on the ground. And um, that's just been his game. And if he can happen to pick up a few extra strikeouts, like I said, with this pricing, I, I, I don't hate Kyle Hendricks for, you know, 7400 I don't think he has the same upside as Woodruff in the vacuum. But for the price, I, 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 can't, I can't – I, I think I would definitely mix in Hendricks on this slate. As far as bats go here, you know, I, I don't see myself stacking the Brewers. Um, no. I think, like, you could play Yelich on any slate that you want. No, nobody's yes. ever going to talk you off of that. The guy, you know, has tremendous amount of upside with everything that he does. But outside of that, like, I just don't see a ton of upside here for a lot of these guys. So, like, if you're playing the Brewers, it's like a one- to three-man stack at the most for me. Um, mostly one-offs, if anything. Um, and it's not like they're super cheap either. Like, there are some cheaper bats in this lineup, but, you know, for what we're looking at potentially for the opening day, like, it's not going to be some cheap bats here. Um, any thoughts on the Brewers? And then you can just move on to the Cubs. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think they're overpriced. Uh, Christian Yelich at 5800 He's a guy I just pay up. He, he would be the one-off I would play to pay up to be contrarian. Uh, but there's, I don't think there's any reason. Like Omar Navarez at 4,500, uh, no thanks. Uh, no, there's no reason I'm going to start moving to the Cubs right now uh, because Anthony Rizzo, even though I love Woodruff, uh, I, I like some Anthony Rizzo, man. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing him up, man, the guy just – he just doesn't strike out. Like, he, I mean, he's always got a shot – to get there, even without the home run ball. I mean, he'll walk twice, hit a double, get brought in, hit a single RBI. Before you know it, he's got 25 fantasy points. So Anthony Rizzo is for sure uh, my favorite Cub on the slate. I'm not going to be stacking the Cubs, but I will have some one-off Rizzo uh, as well. But overall, uh, I like uh, Woodruff a lot more than I like these Cubs. So I'm probably just going to be sticking with Rizzo as a one-off for the most part, and that's going to be about it for me. Yeah, like when I'm looking at the Cubs here, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, Rizzo. Well, when Ian Happ was healthy, um, like he was doing really well. He's 3,900. Um, Woodruff much better uh, against um, righties than he is lefties. So, like when I'm looking at Ian Happ, I don't think he's the worst one-off, um, assuming that like he plays and everything. But it'd be interesting because like if he bats ninth, he, he's not the best one off in the world. Um, but like if I'm playing a $3 tournament on FanDuel with uh, a billion entries, um, and I did say B with a billion because that's what I feel like it is. Um, like, I don't think a, a guy like Ian Happ's the worst one off type of play. Nobody's going to play him. And this dude had a 318 ISO uh, against righties and has multiple home run upsides. So for me, Taking a shot on him on a large field tournament like that that's very top-heavy um, is definitely doable here. So we move on. we got Baltimore at Boston. Tommy Malone against Nathan Eovaldi. Um, any interest here in Tommy Malone? No. Yeah, I don't. Like, this Red Sox lineup is not the same with no Mookie bets. Um, you know, they're going to have their lefties up here towards the top. But, like, Tommy Malone – isn't scaring anyone um you know very very low strikeout rate to righties last season um and, and like lefties tommy malone like wasn't even better like his strikeout rate went up against lefties but he gave up a lot of home runs to lefties he gave up a lot of hard contact to lefties so like it's not even like oh i think he's safe against the lefties here so you know for me i think he, i'm out on him nathan eovaldi 
you know, when we're looking at Woba overall on this slate, like he has the highest Woba of the 22 pitchers. Like uh, Baltimore lineup is not going to scare you when Chris Davis is still batting fifth. But, Will, I just – I can't see myself using Nathan Eovaldi here. I know, like, he'll go out every once in a while and he'll have brilliant games, but it's really tough to trust a guy like him on this slate. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, listen, I'm going to be quite honest with you. This is a game I'm going to stack. Oh, I, that's I am, galore. I, I am I, I am stacking this game. I, I don't like Eovaldi. I don't like uh, uh, Malone. I think both of these guys are, you know, at the bottom of the list. Uh, in terms of what we have, in terms of pitcher offerings on this slate. You know, and, and at one point I thought Eovaldi was kind of going to be climbing the food chain. I thought he was going to be a lot better. But, you know, if you look at last year, man, 5.99 ERA, and you say, well, maybe that's a little fluky. But then you look at his ex-FIP is at 4.89, almost a run lower, but his FIP is 5.9. I just so, – something's missing here with Eovaldi. He, he just can't quite put it together. So for that reason, man, I just – I, I, I can't play him. I, I just that there's nothing I can do. I mean, he's given up 37.1% hard contact last year. Uh, not as high as you you think it is, but I mean, man, just he, he just he can't put it together. He he just can't. And so he's going to get attacked on this slate from me with the bats for sure. All right, let's talk um, bats here. We'll start with Baltimore. Um, some unfamiliar names here. You know, Austin Hayes, a young guy. Um, you know, we have guys that we've seen before, Alberto and, you know, some of these other guys. But, like, we saw Alberto, a lot of his power was against lefties last season. Like, Baltimore did not hit a ton of home runs last year. So, and, and like, we're likely not going to have Trey Mancini in the lineup. And he was someone, like, that hit a ton of home runs last year on this team. So, like, you're hoping that, like, you get you get the home runs right when you're stacking Baltimore here, Will and the guys are on base from singles or doubles and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think that's what you're looking for. Uh, you know, one of the guys at the top of my list, believe it or not, is for sure going to be Chris Davis. Um, I Listen, I, I've seen this. It's funny. <laughs> there's this funny photo out there of Chris Davis seeing a fastball just go by. He didn't even see it. It's so hilarious. But at 3,100 against Nathan Eovaldi on this slate when this game has a nine-and-a-half total, um, you know, one of the higher totals on this slate, I mean, look, you know, about a run higher than what I would say most of the games. And I'm not saying this game is going to be some, you know, 15 to 10 game in the end, but I definitely think there are home runs to be had. And I think if anybody on this team is going to hit one, I think Chris Davis is, is for sure the list. So, uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to have some Anthony Santander because of the switch situation situation. Um, I actually like Jose Iglesias as well. Uh, I know he's a righty on righty, but, man, Iglesias is another low strikeout guy that I know for sure is going to get on base. And if Eovaldi keeps throwing those fastballs down the middle, Iglesias is going to take them deep. So uh, those guys, Iglesias, Davis, Santander, th- those are my favorite players on, 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 the, uh, on the Baltimore Orioles for sure. Yeah, some cheap bats here that I feel like you can make like a three-man stack um, on the back end of another stack um, and definitely see some upside. Um, as far as like Boston goes here, like, you know, when we're looking at the numbers against lefties, probably one of the best plays on the slate is J.D. Martinez. Um, he's been a lefty killer for years. This dude had a 482 ISO against lefties last year. Obviously, we all know like the upside 242 WRC plus against lefties last year, 19 home runs and 141 at bats. Like this guy mashes left-handed pitching and like he's expensive, but I don't feel like he is like out of reach expensive though. No, not at all, man. I mean, he's 4,800. I, I, I think that's the, the perfect price. Um, I, I, in comparison, we've got Raphael Devers, I think, at 5,400. Am I right on that? Let me check. Yes, Raphael Devers is 5,400. Uh, I, I think J.D. is the is the GOAT play from, from the Boston Red Sox on this team. I mean, in, in, in fact, from this team, my favorite stack is the Devers, uh, uh, Bogart, Xander, and J.D., that three-man, I think this is critical for, for your Boston stacks. I think if I'm stacking Boston, I don't leave them out of any – of my stacks on this on this particular slate. So those are my favorites. I actually don't hate Jose Peraza down there in the nine hole. 
Um, I think he's a guy that may not get a lot of traction, but if I'm running Boston stacks, uh, I, I don't mind a you know a two three four nine or a nine two three four if you want to think about it that way. I, 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 Jose Peraza is a guy. If I'm running Boston stacks, I'm I'm going to get him in a good chunk, I, and I know we're going to get him at low ownership because of the massive slate, and you know a lot of guys aren't going to be playing him in, in terms of his uh, his lineup spot. Uh, listen, you're not going to be able to like say a Boston name that I'm not going to be like, all right, he's in play because they're all in play for me. Like, <laughs> like Tommy Malone, he, I know he's more of a ground ball type guy, but like, he's, he's just a guy like, I, I feel like, man, he's going to, he's going to throw to a lot of contact. And when you're throwing to a lot of contact with some of these power bats in this lineup, you know, Ben Attenney, high, hard hit rate. He's under 4k JD Martinez, high, hard hit rate. Bogart's high hard hit rate like Devers is probably my least favorite but if they're going to get to Malone early that Baltimore bullpen they they were terrible last year so like there's your there's your Devers part of the stack so um obviously like Boston a lot here moving on we got the Rockies and the Rangers Herman Marquez against Lance Lynn um any interest here in Herman Marquez yeah I I don't mind Marquez here I don't think uh he had the season that maybe he had hoped uh it obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, but the ERA was a tad bit high. But then I go and look at that expert last year. He was still at 3, 3.54, uh, well over a run lower than what the ERA was, which told me he just probably ran into some bad luck uh, in, in a few games. And so, you know, with a guy that, you know, especially the season before that we trusted, still had a 24.3% K rate, uh, you know, and I, I think I think he's going to be fine. Uh, didn't give up a, a ton of hard contact, you know, ground ball rate is there. I think he's a good quality pitcher. And so going against this Texas team, I don't typically like to play pitchers in Texas, uh, but this guy typically pitches in cores. You know, I, I think he can handle it. 8,700. I think this is another one of those guys that is just an extremely fair price. Uh, when I feel like most pitchers are somewhat on an even playing field in terms of, uh, uh, inning distribution. I do know that, you know, there are going to be more pitch, some pitchers that have higher strikeout potential, but in terms of inning distribution, I think, you know, most of your aces are going to be kind of grouped together. Marquez at 8,700. I think it's just an incredibly fair price for him. So I, I will have some share. Listen, like this is an opening day in, you know, March. Um, you know, we're in the summer of Texas. It's hot. Um, and that obviously, worries me a ton but upside wise ceiling wise like I think Herman Marquez has one of the highest ceilings on the slate um you know you look at this lineup combined against right-handed pitching you know the, our projected starting lineup for this team we're looking at like a 25.8 percent k rate um and like this guy gets ground balls too he gives up a lot of hard contact like we have to accept the risk if you're playing him but yeah I like him a lot um you know obviously on the other side of this game you got Lance Lynn Lance Lynn was like a tale of two seasons last year. Yes. You know, before the All-Star break, this guy was on fire. Um, like, he was dominant, dominant against, um, you know, batters and hitters. And, you know, you look at this lineup as far as Colorado goes, and they still – like, the top end of this lineup is still really good. David Dahl, Trevor Story, Blackman, Arenado. You know, Murphy's there. And we know Daniel Murphy did not have a good year last year, but we know the upside that he's capable of. Um, what's your thoughts here at Lance Lynn and his 28% K rate last season? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I got to respect it, man. He, he was able to put something together. Uh, you know, him and Marquez, they don't have that big of a gap. Uh, but, in you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to side with the team that I feel like has the highest K rates and. I feel like Texas is that. I mean, and I know we're talking about Lance Lynn, but I'm using it to make a point here. You look at Gallo, you look at Odor, you know, those guys are going to strike out a ton. And so, uh, you know, when you look at Lance Lynn against Dahl, Story, Blackman, Arenado, Murphy, McMahon, you know, there's just not going to be a lot of strikeouts, you know, one through, let's go five, six, maybe. Uh, you know, the bottom of this lineup, and, and even Tony Walters isn't going to strike out a lot. So, uh, maybe he gets some strikeouts at the bottom, but they're going to throw a lot of lefties at him. And that's kind of been the thing with Lance Lynn. He's going to murder righties. Uh, lefties over his career, you know, more of a larger sample hasn't been as good. And so I, I think this team, like you talked about in the heat of Texas, I think this is another one of those teams that you could definitely put together to stack. So I'm actually going to be avoiding Lance Lynn on this slate overall. Uh, do, do still love Marquez, but Lynn, because of the lefties and 
Um, you know, just we'll see where he goes, but I'm I'm not playing Lance Lynn on this slate at all. Yeah, like if if the projected lineup that we have right now currently has two righties in it, like that's just not a good mix for Lance Lynn. Like he had decent stuff against lefties last year, really low ISO against lefties, but it's hot in Texas. It's just for me, it, it's just not one of those spots that like I'm going to end up, you know, playing a lot of Lynn, if any. But I like the bats on both sides. Even though I like Herman Marquez, I like the bats on both sides of this game. Starting with the Rocky side, you know, you mentioned the lefties. Like David Dahl is, all, I'm always a sucker for David Dahl. I play this guy, I feel like more, you know, we get those like end of the like season reports and stuff. And like I always feel like, it's David Dahl for me. <laughs> like, so, um, what's your what's your thoughts on the Rockies bats here? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You just man, that took me back. Those end of season reports. Uh, I do like David Dahl. I think the price is fair, man. Forty five hundred. Uh, I, I, man, I couldn't ask for much more than that. Uh, my favorite though is definitely going to be Daniel Murphy, man. Forty one hundred at first base uh, against Lance Lynn. You, you've talked about that Texas Heat. Tony Walters at catcher, like, hey, man, this might be our first cheap catcher on the night. You love some cheap catcher. Tony Walters at 3K. Uh, this is another team I'm going to be stacking up for the win, hopefully. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I like Black, but he would be our, our most expensive bet here. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like these lefties, man. I'm going to kind of be stacking this team up. And I'm definitely not leaving out Nolan Arenado. I think if we're leaving him out of our stacks overall, um, I think that that's a mistake. He can take anybody deep. And so he's another guy that I'm going to make sure I get in there. Not overlooking Story, but if I had to choose between the two, I play Arenado over Story if I if I was taking one righty. Um, but, yeah, overall, man, I really like this team. I think this is a good spot for him. Yeah, and, like, Blackman, Arenado, Murphy, they're all going to make – contact at a high clip so yes uh and you know cheap catchers you don't even have to sell me on that let's just um <laughs> yeah. Walters, so. cheap catcher. <laughs> don't even have to sell me that on will like i played whoever's catcher for san francisco um like that was my default catcher so um the other side the texas side like the upside gallo has a ton of upside in any matchup don't care who he's facing he's always a potential threat for a home run Dude strikes out at a 38% clip but has a 55% hard hit rate. Strikeout or he's going to hit the ball hard. Um, Chew, he hits the ball hard. Um, quick, thought, quick thoughts here on Texas. Yeah, man, same thing, man. They're going to strike out. Um, I think for me with Texas, I'm going more one-off hunting. Uh, you know, even though this slate is massive, I still want to really concentrate on my stacks. And right now, you've kind of really heard me talk about you know, three to four juicy stacks that I like. Colorado's one, Baltimore's one, Boston is one, Cleveland is number one for me right now. There's one more that I, that I really, really, really like. Uh, but overall, Texas is going to be more of a one-off team. So, you know, I will have some Joey Gallo, probably some Rudin Odor. I'll try to get some exposure to these lefties, but strictly one-off situation for me with these guys. I'm definitely going to be a little bit more heavy on Colorado. Minnesota at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Jose Barrios against Lucas Giolito. Um, any interest here in Jose Barrios? Yeah, I, I actually do like Jose. Um, man, I wish it was a little cheaper. Like, he's at 9,600. I, I was hoping we were going to get Jose in, like, that 88 to 85 range. But I still think it's a fair price for him for the upside he possesses. Uh, I do think that the uh, the White Sox team is a little bit more improved than Maybe we think, I mean, you know, you got Moncada, Abreu, Encarnacion, Grandal, Jimenez, and then, you know, if Louis, if Louis, Louis Robert is what we think he is, this, this lineup could be deadly. But, uh, but I don't mind rolling out Barrios, you know, on opening day and just kind of, you know, taking him for the upside. I don't like him more than Nola. Uh, I actually don't like him more than, uh, than Marquez, but I, I do think he's still got the upside. And so for that reason, at 9,600. Uh, I would definitely get some exposure. Yeah, a lot of strikeouts in this lineup too. Um, this team, you know, almost a 24% combined strikeout rate. Nobody in the starting lineup for what we have for projected lineup had a strikeout rate under 21% against right-handed pitching last season. So Jose Barrios at times is very tilting, and, you know, he is definitely someone you need to have in your mix if you're playing tournaments on the slate. 
Lucas Giolito on the other side of this game, like he is pretty much the same thing. Like he's a guy that can give up home runs, but this is a guy that had a 15% swing and strike rate last season. And Minnesota, like Nelson Cruz is there. Josh Donaldson there. This is a really strong lineup. So if you play any Lucas Giolito, you almost need to have a Minnesota stack as a hedge or some exposure to the stack as well, because Will, I'm going to tell you right now, for anyone new listening to the podcast, just get ready for me to talk a lot about Minnesota this year because I love the ceiling of this team. Yeah, absolutely, man, especially in a shortened season. And that's something I guess we haven't talked about. Maybe we can talk about it another day. I will give this a little short plug. But in a shortened season, man, if, if a team gets hot, I'm talking about one of those 20, 30-game runs where they just uh, don't barely – where they barely lose. You know, if a team goes – 25 and two over a quarter of a season, they're pretty much guaranteed to get in the playoffs, period. I mean, they're, they're pretty much going unless they just have a meltdown. And I feel like that's what can happen with, with some of these teams. Uh, you know, getting back to Giolito, the thing that scares me, and, and I, I want to use this with caution with Giolito, is we just saw a massive increase in his K rate for, from, you know, year one to year two, year three, year four. You know, I'm looking at these numbers, you know, 10.9%. 2016, 19%, 2017, 16%, 2018, and then we jumped to 32.3. And look, I'm pretty sure, and I wish I would have done a little bit more research on this, I'm pretty sure there was probably maybe, you know, a pitch mix change or something. It had to be for him to just really, you know, manipulate his K-rates like that. And that's really concerning for me, Stevie. I'm just not sure if he's going to be able to duplicate that this year for that reason. I'm with you. I'm going to load up on a couple twin stacks, not as much as my favorite teams, just in case it happened to be fluky. Um, And look, he went a whole season. So I'm not saying the guy's not good. I'm saying a 32% K rate jumping, you know, pretty much 12 points, 12 percentage points. I'm I'm unsure that I think he comes back down in the twenties this year. Yeah. This is a guy that, you know, last year, or I, I would say 2018 tried to rely on like, he has a good slider and he tried to rely on the slider way too much um, in that year. And last year we saw him go from like, I think it was like 43, 44% to like 55% fastballs to righties. And like, he was just so much more efficient with the slider when he's throwing so much heat. Um, He has a good fastball too. So um, yeah, like I like both sides here. I like Giolito for tournaments, large field tournaments, but Minnesota is my favorite stack on the slate. Um, hands down, favorite stack on the slate. And I'm going to say that a lot. Kepler, Cruz, Donaldson, Rosario, Garver, Sano, Buxton, all of those guys had ISOs over 240 against right-handed pitching last season. Um, Lucas Giolito is either going to go out and pitch really well or he's going to get crushed in this game. Yeah. And, and you know, listen, we, we, we keep talking about the pitching – what if he's only able to go because they're making so much contact, even if they don't score the runs? If they run his pitch count up, he may come out in inning four or five, and now we get, you know, Chicago White Sox bullpen down the stretch. So I, I'm with you, man. I, I like Minnesota. Not as high on them as, as some of my other teams, but I'm for sure going to have some exposure, man, to, to this team. they got a lot of upside, a lot of home run potential for sure. Um, any thoughts here on the White Sox? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be another one-off team, man. You know, Jose Barrios can get erratic. He can start walking guys. So, I, I think Moncada needs to be in your player pool. I I, I am not fading Yohan Moncada in a, in, a, in a double down game on this slate. Um, and, and, you know, for that reason alone, you know, Grandal as well, a little bit more expensive. But I think I'll mini-stack this team, you know, maybe like an Incarcion, uh, Grandal, uh uh, Moncada stack or, or, or in a Brayu because, you know, his, his carry is typically not as high as the rest of this team. But this is going to be a mini stack situation because if Barrio starts walking, guys, uh, look out. It could get ugly real quick. Um, moving on. We got, you know, I, I don't have a ton of interest in the White Sox. Um, Grandal is always one of my favorite catcher plays. Moncada always has upside. Jose Brayu always has upside. I could see stacking three to five guys from the White Sox here. As much as I'll stack Minnesota, I'll probably have a couple White Sox stacks as well. Um, Pirates and Cardinals, Joe Musgrove against Jack Flaherty. Um, Any interest here in Musgrove? No. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest in Musgrove either. Um, 
Musgrove is a super solid pitcher. He's not a high ceiling guy. He's going to be go out and he's going to pitch a decent game most of the time. This is a right for the most part a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. I like him against right-handed heavy lineups. If you're playing a 150 teams, maybe you get a little bit of exposure. Um, and then Flaherty on the other side of this game, like this dude had a 29.9% K rate last season, very high strikeout rate against righties. Um, we're going to see a good mix of lefties and righties for Pittsburgh. This lineup isn't super scary. Um, you know, you got Bell and you got Frazier and you got some of these guys in the middle, but um, I actually think Flaherty is one of the higher ceiling pitchers on this slate. Yeah, man. I, I, I've been waiting to get here. Flaherty's my favorite pitcher play on the slate, period. Uh, I, I think, and it's mainly because of the pricing. Look, you know, we've been talking about all these other guys in the 9K range. I do really, really, really like Aaron Nola. Don't get it twisted. But Jack Flaherty at 9K, man, I just think I think this is an amazing play. You know, him and him and Woodruff, man, feel like the combo in DK for me uh, uh, in terms of, you know, how I want to kind of attack. I don't mind Flaherty and Nola together, but Flaherty and Woodruff, man, they just feel – it just feels so good. So uh, I like Flaherty. I like what we've seen from him. You know, I, I was kind of talking about Giolito and his massive jump, you know, in terms of, you know, the K rates. Uh, if you look at Flaherty, I mean, this guy comes out throwing gas, and, and he's been that way on a steady increase. Uh, you know, uh, Caper 9 in 2017, 8.4, 2018, 10.85, 2019, 10.59. And uh, he has given up a little bit. Uh, he's leaned a little bit more fly ball. I'm not saying he's an extreme fly ball pitcher, but I'm saying the ground ball rate has come down, you know, almost 10% since he, since he came into the league. But along with that, the ERA has come down and the XFIP has come down. Uh, this guy's a stud, I think, and so he, he's one of my favorite plays on the slate, if not my favorite pitcher on the slate, outside of Woodruff for the price. Outside of some hedge stacks here, Will, um, I, I don't really like either side of this game as far as the bats go. Like, you know, you can always take shots on Bell. He's always a, a home run threat. Um, but, like, I, I'm with you. I think both these pitchers are solid. Um, outside of, like, hedging some lineups – trying to find a lower owned stack like i just don't see the one of these teams being high owned for me yep yep not gonna have too many bats but i'm at, listen i'm gonna have tons of jack flaherty on this league tons there we go that's all we need to know <laughs> moving on um we got seattle at houston marco gonzalez against justin verlander um any interest here in marcos gonzalez oh man you know usually i get marco right and I don't feel like I'm going to get him right today. I'm not going to have a ton of interest in Marco, man. And Houston overall, I wish I had something to support this, but I feel like they just haven't been as good against lefties as righties overall, like the past couple seasons. That's probably just in my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only thing I think working for Marco is the fact that, you know, he keeps the ball on the ground, but I just don't see a lot of upside here against a team that's not going to strike out as much. Hopefully his manager isn't forcing him to, hit two players in the thigh with the ball. It may happen. Uh, but overall, man, I'm not going to be playing any Marco Gonzalez. Yeah, like that's your ultimate risk, You're like getting ejected against Houston this year, any of the pitchers you're going to take against them. Um, listen, he's just not a high strikeout guy. It's an 11-game slate. We need strikeouts. Um, I just – for me, it's a pass on Marco Gonzalez. Uh, Justin Verlander on the other side of this game, there's a lot of strikeouts in the Seattle lineup. Um, a lot of power but there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. Um, so for me, I think Verlander is, you know, definitely one of your top end pitchers. It's just, we have a lot of great options in the nine K, you know, mid tier range. It's really tough to pay 11, four for Verlander on a two pitcher site. When we have all this volume. Yeah, man. And, and that's, that's my concern here with Verlander. Look, I'm not going to, obviously we feel like Verlander is probably a top three pitcher on this slate. I, I, at least I do, but man, the price at eleven four, with what you can do with, with you know, uh, we just talked about Jack Flaherty, who's my personal favorite outside of Woodruff, you know, at seventy seven hundred. I just think we can accomplish more with the bats. I think we're going to need the bats to win, um, and so for that reason, man, I'm actually considering a full fade on Justin Verlander on this slate. And I know, you know, you guys know how I think. It's got nothing to do with his skill. It, uh, you know, it's got everything to do with what if he only goes six innings and six strikeouts. I, I can win a tournament without that from Justin Verlander at 11.4K. 
I have not completely decided whether or not I'm going full fade, but I, I'm really considering it with some of these other high upside arms in the 9K range. Yeah, um, I, I get it. Like, I, I think the upside floor combo for him is one of the highest on the slate. So, yeah. um, as far as, like, Seattle Bats, uh, they're going to be probably the lowest-owned team on the slate. Um, not saying that you should stack them. I'm just saying they're going to be the lowest-owned team on the slate. Um, like, if you're playing 150 teams in a $3 tournament and you want the lowest-owned team in the slate, if they score 10 runs, nobody's going to have them. So, um, but, yeah, not a lot of interest. Yeah, you know, man, this this is going to be another no. I, I won't have a single bat uh, from Seattle. Just not doing it. Does Houston come out here and um, just absolutely crush? Like, do they just do they shut everyone up and just crush in this spot? Like I said, man, that's that's the other thing. I, I don't know if they're going to shell Marco. I just don't think Marco's going to get the strikeouts. He's just I. I Houston is another one-off team for me on this slate. I'm I'm not full stacking Houston. At most, I may have two two bats. They're just not at the top of my list. Like I said, I don't like Marco against this team, but I also don't think he's going to get shelled. And, and that's kind of the approach I'm, I'm going to take. I'll probably do a Bregman one-off, uh, you know, or something like that. But I'm not going to have a whole lot of guys from Houston. Uh, moving on, we got Arizona at San Diego. Madison Bumgarner against Chris Paddock. Um, any interest here in Bumgarner wearing a different uniform? Oh, boy. This was a tough one for me because I'm trying to decide, you know, is Madison Bumgarner going to dial back the clock and, and, and hit us with the fountain of youth? I'm just not sure. At 8,400, do I think it's fair? I think it's fair, but I don't think he's necessary on this slate. So, I think he's going to go out and get a quality start. He's the one pitcher I'm actually not worried about them pulling. I feel like he just tell the manager, get back in your dugout. I'm pitching the rest of the game. Not the whole game, but, you know, whatever, however long he wants to go. But I uh, I think I'm going to take a wait-and-see wait, wait and see approach. I do think the price is fair, but I don't think I'm going to have any bump guard on the slate. And my biggest concern with him, like, was his hard-hit fly ball rate um, to righties last year. Like – you know, you look at this ballpark at San Diego. The ballpark is very favorable um, for Madison Bumgarner here. But, like, this is a pretty – this team can go very right-handed heavy. You know, the Tatis, Machado, they have Pham, they have Myers, um, France is there. Like, Profar is a switch hitter. Like, they can go really right-handed heavy. And I, I worry about that. Like, I worry about the overall ceiling for Bumgarner. I think, like, you know, he's definitely in play. Um, but I don't think he's the best play. I think he's in one of the better ballparks. Um, I actually, like, if I was going to play a pitcher from this game, I, I like Chris Paddock more. Um, I worry about his pitch count. But when I'm looking at strikeouts, like, he's a guy that can go out and get strikeouts. Um, you know, this is not – not the scariest team in the world here, um, you know, as far as, like, when we're looking at Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Chris Paddock. I, I think Arizona, listen, I think they tried to go out and, and try to improve this lineup as best they could. You know, they still got uh, Ketel Marte, who had a, had a pretty good season, they added Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar still there, David Peralta still there. Uh, but, you know, they've got Jake Lamb. Looks like he's going to be at the bottom of the order, probably will will be pretty cheap, but I'm with you on Paddock. I think he had a really, really, really nice season, and I'm hoping he can duplicate it. Uh, I like him as a pitcher. He's, you know, he's very uh, – he's, he's an emotional pitcher, and I think he loves the game. And, you know, he had, a like I said, a really nice season, man, highest caper nine, um, you know, that, that he's had in the majors. Obviously, it was his first year, but, you know, he went double A, and then he came up, and he's at 9.79 caper nine. I like it. Uh, XFIP was a little bit higher than I thought. I maybe maybe would have won it over the ERA. But overall, it's his first year. I think if he's trending in the right direction, I think we'll get that XFIP under four this year. Uh, you know, had a 26.9% K rate overall. R really good season. So, I, I like him. I, I think I think he's in the mix. Um, 8,600, I, I definitely think it's fair. The one concern, like like you talked about, Steve, is just his pitch count. You know, he was a guy that was scary last year when the season was normal. So now that we're in a shortened season and, and maybe he hasn't quite gotten the reps, uh, you know, maybe they dial him back a little bit until he gets going. So 
I think I'll I'll have sprinkles, but I, I don't think I'll go past ten percent on Chris Paddock on this slate in terms of my, my multi entries. Um, any Arizona bats that you like here? Uh, you know, maybe some of the lefties. I don't, I don't think Arizona's a team I'm going to be be loading up on. It, it would just be you know picking it, picking and popping. But overall, I, I won't have much exposure. Yeah, I don't really have a ton of interest here. I play David Peralta on every slate, so maybe him. But um, as far as the Padres go, I think they're a sneaky stack. Like I, I, I like large field tournament stacks against pitchers that people don't like to target. And I don't think people will target Madison Bumgarner in San Diego, but Tatis, Machado, Fam, like they have the right-handed power to be like a strong three-man stack. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I like that call. Um, I definitely think all three of those guys are, are in play on this slate. Um, I'm, I'm not going to full stack the Padres, but like you talked about, the three-mans, absolutely. Um, you know, Tatis Machado fam, I, I think if you stick with those guys, I think you can get the bulk of your run scored from, from that, that top-tier group. So I'm, I'm with you 100%. Moving on, we got the Giants and Dodgers, Jeff Samarja, Ross Stripling. Uh, these two teams squaring off as we're recording right now uh, in a yes. one-to-one game. Um, any interest here in Jeff Samarja? Nope. Hard pass. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I don't really have any interest in him whatsoever. The Shark is just not, um, you know, as good as he used to be. Let's just say that, um, yeah. you know, and the Dodgers, they're just – they're they're loaded, um, absolutely loaded. They're, they're one of the highest ceiling teams each and every night. Now, they, you know, added Mookie Betts too. Um, as far as Ross Stripling goes, Stripling's a guy that can go out and, you know, pitch to strikeouts and have good games. I think he's in play. He's a guy that I worry about only going like 80 pitches though. And, you know, that's always the biggest concern. Um, you know, this is a guy that w- he was supposed to be like the number five starter in this rotation. So I, I just worry a little bit about like how deep he'll go in this game. Yeah, I'm with you on Stripling, man. You know, we, we know Dave Roberts. Roberts, he showed us his hand for the past few seasons. Uh, Stripling is for sure going to be a pass. No way I'm paying 7900 for him when I've got, uh, you know, Woodruff and, and I've got Hendricks in that same area. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Stripling is in the 80-80 pitch range for this slate. Um, no way I'm touching him here. Uh, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Giants? Not really. Um, not on this slate. Too too large of a slate for me to go, you know, bottom feeding like that. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on the Giants. Yeah, I don't mind Yaz or like Dickerson as one offs um, power at the top of a lineup where I don't think a lot of them uh, a lot of these guys will have any interest in them. But um, so I don't mind that. Uh, as far as the Dodgers, listen. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Appreciate you listening. <laughs> Um, I stack the Dodgers more than anybody in the DFS industry. Well, um, well, I, I don't know. We, we might be – I might be in a close it's not even, Will, it's not even close. When the Dodgers go off, I get 100 tweets because everybody knows I stack the Dodgers every night. <laughs> hey, I, I'm about in that boat, man. Uh, but, yeah, you, you're right, man. We, we love the Dodgers here. And they're not even my favorite team. It's just this lineup is so potent, top to bottom. Bellinger, Betts, Peterson, uh, Muncie. I mean – They've got the pick of the litter. It feels like in every position. How much is Chris Taylor going to play this year? We don't know. How much is Kiki going to play, which he's playing tonight? Gavin Lux, how much is he going to play? Beatty, I mean, man, this lineup is stacked. So I'm with you, man. You just wait for the lineup to come out, and then you just, you know, play everybody one through nine in some combination. And at the end of the night, you know, hopefully they've scored 10 to 15 runs, and you've won all the money. All right, um, Angels and Athletics to finish this out here. I know we ran a little bit longer than we usually do. It's we're getting back in the groove of things. Um, yes, we'll get we'll get back under an hour here soon. Andrew Heaney, Frankie Montas, um, any interest here in Heaney? No. <laughs> Listen, like I, I like Andrew Heaney in certain spots, and this ain't it. This is this is not one of those spots, like. Andrew Heaney needs a high K percentage team and this team combined under 20%. They just like the highest guy is the catcher and we, we only have a small sample size for him. So like overall here, I just don't see a ton of upside for um, Heaney in this spot. Um, And then on the other side, Frankie Montas, Frankie Montas is a very high ground ball pitcher to right-handed bats. And he, 
struggles with a ton of hard contact, like a 30.4% hard to soft contact ratio against lefties last year. So like, I just don't have any interest in Montas. Like he needs a very right-handed heavy team and they can potentially throw like four or five lefties in this lineup um, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think they're all going to be in there. I mean, I don't think it's any way Otani isn't in there tomorrow. Estella, Brian Goodwin. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to let those guys sit on the bench tomorrow. I think they're all playing. So, uh, I'm with you. Uh, I won't be playing Montas uh, or either of these pitchers in this game. Both are going to be fades. Yeah. Uh, I just, man, I don't, like I said, I just don't see a, a ton of interest in these pitchers. As far as the bats go, let's start here with the Angels. Um, anything standing out to you for the Angels? Yeah, man. Uh, I like Brian Goodwin here. I mean, he's a guy that um, I, I think is going to get on. I think he's going to play uh, really well for this team. So, uh, and he has done he, – he's always really sneaky. A lot of people don't play him. Even on, like, a short slate, they'll just kind of avoid him. But I like him. He's got some pop. He's going to strike out a whole bunch. Um, I like La Stella as well. I think these lefties are guys you want to play. Obviously, you can always play Mike Trout. Um, and then last but not least, man, you know, you're going to get some some cheap catcher mojo. Jason Castro, 3,200, uh, si- signed the podcast up. You know, he's another candidate to to go long for cheap. You mean a cheap catcher? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get used to that. Um, you know, <laughs> love love me some cheap catchers. Um, definitely have interest in Jason Castro. I think Otani is an interesting play. Mike Trout's the best hitter in baseball. Um, we won't recommend Mike Trout a lot on this podcast. You play Mike Trout anytime you can, anytime you want to. Um, we don't need to spend an hour on Mike Trout every day. Um, dude is a beast. He had a 380 ISO against righties last year. Doesn't matter if it's a ground ball, fly ball, whatever type of pitcher. He he crushes every, all of them. Um, is there any Oakland bats standing out to you here against Heaney? Oh, buddy. I've been waiting to get to this team all night. I feel like this is the late night. I wish this was in a different ballpark, man. Like, I'm with you. I like this stack, too. Oh, my gosh. I, I will have Oakland probably more than – I'm not going to say more than everybody because, you know, we got a couple couple guys that I know are probably going to be loaded up. But, man, Laureano, Mark Connor is like one of my favorites. Chris Davis, Chapman. I'm even going to sprinkle in Olsen because I know these guys aren't going to get played. I mean, I love this team, man. I, I love this team in this slate. Mar- Marcus Simeon. Th- this is – I mean, in terms of the late-night hammer, th- this is it. If, if Oakland comes out – and dominates this game like I'm hoping it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good day. So uh, I, I'm loading up on Oakland. You guys have got my teams now. It's about five or six teams uh, that I'm going to have massive exposure to. And Oakland is for sure uh, my late night hammer team. Man, love these guys against Haney, which they may not even see him but three or four innings. But I, I'm, I'm going to have massive exposure. Yeah, like man, Chris Davis, um, Chapman, Loriano, um even like Kana and like Pender towards the bottom of this team, yeah. like and what, and what the if order. they play Piscotti? Who is it going to? If they play Piscotti, like, like that would oh, be fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, again, I wish it was in a different ballpark. I, I do, um, but overall, like it, it's hard not to like this spot here um, for Oakland. So uh, I'm with you. I, I like Oakland. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here uh, for Friday. We'll be back Monday, of course. Uh, Will, give me your favorite pitcher for seven or more strikeouts on this slate. Oh, man, Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, my favorite. All right, I like it. Um, I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Paddock. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I worry about oh, the pitch yeah. count, but if he can be efficient, I think he'll get there. Um, favorite pitcher to score under 15. Like you could go cheap if you want to, or you can make a bold call. However you want to approach it under 15 here. Now I'm going bold. Um, uh, and you know, this is a guy we talked about. I kind of detail why I feel like some regression is going to be coming his way just because of the massive jump. Uh, I'm going with Lucas Giolito here against Minnesota. Uh, I, I just think that K rate is coming back down at least to the, you know, mid, mid twenties. Um, I, I, I think Minnesota gets to him a little bit here. I'm, I'm going Lucas Giolito. I'm going to go to the other side of my pitcher that I like, and I'm going to say Bumgarner struggles in this game. Um, I'm going to say he goes under 15 in this one. Value pitcher. I'm not going to set a. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to set a mark. Like what, whoever you consider to be value um, to score over 20 points here. 
Oh, no secret, man. Brandon Woodruff. That's my guy tonight, man. 7,700. I, I, I think he gets there. Um, you know, I've seen this guy, especially on some early slates last year, man, just helped me win all the money. Seven or eight strikeouts in five innings. I think that's what we get here from Woodruff. I'm, I'm thinking five innings, seven to eight Ks, uh, over 20 fantasy points. G- give me Brandon Woodruff. I like it. Um, man, so, like, I, I struggle with this question because, like, I think there's a lot of value in, like, the 9K range. Um, it is. That's the range, I, man. Oof. I think the, the 9K range is super, super stout. Um, but I'm not going to throw a 9K pitcher at you. I am going to throw – Listen, I think Ross Stripling, if he gets the pitches, he can go out and get 20-plus. I, I worry about the pitch count. I think it's a risk. So, like, that is the risk of playing him, but um, I think he can get over 20 in this one. Um, give me your low-owned favorite stack on the slate. And yeah, I man, think I, all the stacks, for the most part, will be pretty low-owned. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, man. But overall – I feel like this particular stat gives us the right combination of what we need. They're already going to be low on anyway, and it's one of the last games of the night. I don't see too many people loading up on Oakland. People just don't. They want those fantasy points right now. Give me the Oakland A's, man. Give me the Oakland A's. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to go Minnesota. I already talked about them. I I love Minnesota in the spot. I think they're in a great spot. Will, give me a home run under 4K. Who do you got? Oh, boy. Hold on. Hold on, because I, I called his name and I, I want to get back to him because I think I think he's under three k uh, under four k. I'm pretty sure he is. Let me just type this. I'm so sorry, Stevie. I hope you don't take my guy. Now nah, it's Steven Piscotti, man. Thirty six hundred. If he plays tomorrow, I, I I think we're in for for a huge huge game from him. All right, I'm gonna go with my boy Domingo Santana. Um, yeah from Cleveland. I love this spot for him against Danny Duffy. I think it's a great spot. I think there's multiple guys that can hit home runs under 4K today. I think we're going to see some really solid and, you know, some strong games on this one. Will, finish this off here with an over-under or against the spread pick that's standing out to you on this one. Well, I mean, the one that's standing out to me, man, believe it or not, it's this Boston Baltimore game. I mean, we've got them at nine and a half right now. And both of these pitchers are just got awful. I, I I think this game is going over. I, mean, I think we see like a seven to five game, you know, eight to six game, something like that. I, I, I'm I'm going over this Baltimore Baltimore uh, Boston nine and a half total man. I, I think it's going to be fireworks at, at the, in this particular game. Yeah, like I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the Twins. They're minus one ten. Um, I, I feel like that's such a great line. I'm gonna take the Twins money line on this one. Um, I, I like them a lot here. I think you can parlay with the over if you want to. I think Minnesota wins, and I think they score a bunch of runs doing it. So I uh, like Minnesota uh, to win this game. So that's what I'm going to go with today. Will, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nah, man. I, listen, glad to be back, bro. Good to see you. Uh, good to hang out with everyone, even though I know we're recording and you'll listen to it later. Can't wait to hang out with you guys on Twitter and in Discord, man. Welcome back to MLB. Welcome back indeed. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Enjoy some baseball. Enjoy you know, some time with your families. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here for the morning grind. We'll be back Monday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.